This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Gospel Coalition Canada Worship God podcast. My name is Jody Cross. I am the lead pastor of South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, Ontario. And I am joined by Pat Sibel on the West Coast. He is the worship pastor at Midtown Church in Vancouver. Hello, Pat. Good to see you. Hey, Jody. With us as well as Rob Brockman, who's the associate pastor at Cornerstone Church in Aurelia, Ontario. How you doing, Rob? Great. Glad to be here, Jody. Good stuff. And we have, guys, a, a very special guest, We, uh, someone we love and care about and who is a wonderful brother in Christ, uh, author, songwriter, worship leader, Bob Coughlin. Uh, Bob serves as the director um, of Sovereign Grace Music. He oversees the music and pastoral care ministry at Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, Bob, you can help us because there's probably three ways to say Louisville. I said it once. That was good. No, that was very good. Louisville. Louisville. L O O A V U L. Louisville. It wasn't Louisville because we know it's not Louisville. It's Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, guys, welcome. And Bob, welcome to you. Very special welcome. Thanks so much, everybody, for being here. And uh, we're looking forward to this conversation. Bob, we had a chance to speak with you before, and we really, really enjoyed that. We want to keep that conversation going today about the book that you wrote Mm. in 2008 Worship Matters. It is a book that, by God's grace, he has used all over the world Mm. in many languages. We spoke about that last time and just Mm. the number of languages. That's fantastic. Praise God. And uh, we love that this book is equipping worshipers for biblically grounded, Christ-exalting, transformative worship. Uh, We're going to focus our discussions uh, today on the final section of the book called Right Relationships. Mm, Great. And uh, just a little plug, because Bob won't say this, but... um, if you haven't read Worship Matters or don't have a copy and you're involved either as a production person or a singer, in- instrumentalist, worship leader, songwriter, any of those categories or more, senior pastor, whatever, worshiper of Jesus, I think I covered <laughs> pretty much everybody, get a copy of this book. Uh, yeah. It will bless you and encourage you. And uh, we're going to tease out some of the ideas today yeah. in it. Uh, Bob, I love that. That worship matters is what I would call the one-stop shop. It's the you know if you had one book to take on a desert <laughs> island on worship, what would you take? And uh, I will just say thank you for what you wrote and say this is the book uh, that I would recommend. Uh, it's thank um, you, this beautiful book of Christ uh, exalting theology. It's uh, doxological. Mm. It's practical. It's filled with pastoral caring wisdom and mm. and uh, while there are many how tos and what to dos, practical things in the book. Bob, often you are digging deeper to heart issues, and I love that. Hmm. And one of the places you do that really well is in the chapter on church. And you make the point that to be a worship leader is not just to be uh, someone who sings or leads songs, but to love people. Hmm. And uh, you uh, say caring for them and serving them is more important than pulling off a great meeting. Hmm. Will I be more conscious of leading them or loving them? Hmm. That's uh, pages 219 Hmm. and 220. Um, so, Bob, I want to ask you the question as we start today. What does it mean? What does it look like to transition beyond song singing uh, to loving people? Oh, wow. Uh, well, thanks for your encouraging words first. Um, you know, it always, it always begins with our relationship with God through Jesus. Uh, if, if we don't know that we are loved infinitely, passionately, personally, perfectly, 
by our Heavenly Father, uh, turning to love people is just going to be in our own strength. So, so I, I think the first thing is to recognize how merciful and kind and gracious God has been to you. Um, because that is something that you want to um, impart to other, give to other people, share with other people. So I'd start there. I'd say, get to know your your Heavenly Father better uh, through His Word. Uh, there, uh, I'd recommend Gentle and Lowly by uh, Dane Ortland, just a book that's written in the last few years uh, that really impacted me. I thought I knew how good Jesus was, uh, had a good idea, but that book showed me I needed to know more. Mm-hmm. And uh, just very scripturally based. Uh, but there, there, are, there are many books that will help us know the Father's love. Um, so then, uh, I think the next part is just getting to know them and being aware of our need for them. You know, when Paul talks about the gifts in the body, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, Romans 12, he, he makes it very clear, especially in 1 Corinthians 12, no one can say, you know, I'm, in, I'm a, a hand, I don't need you. Uh, you know, I, I'm the eye, I don't need you. No, you do need everybody. So, so just an awareness that I need to get to know these other parts of the body um, because I need them uh, for various reasons. You know, I need them for encouragement. I need them for feedback. I need them for support. I need them for prayer. I need them just for relational connection. I need them to help me know more of what Jesus is like because I'm going to see that as I get to know more people. Jesus isn't just like me. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, I am hoping to reflect him, but I need to know how he's reflected in others. And then I, I think I'd be thinking about just my ministry to the church as not simply leading songs. Uh, you know, God gives us many ways of, of showing care for the people in his church, and I'd look for those ways. So some, some I'd suggest would be gratefulness. You know, that's kind of tied to knowing our need for others. Make it a point to, on Sunday mornings and other times during the week, tell people what you're grateful for in them. Yeah. You know, why, where you see God's grace at work in their lives. Um, encouragement is, is tied to that. Just encouraging people in, in, in their hardships, their difficulties, their challenges. Uh, praying for them is huge. Uh, in fact, this was something I realized a number of years after I wrote Worship Matters. <laughs> you know, it said, pray for your team, pray for your team. And I looked at my prayer list and my, my musicians weren't on it. <laughs> so I thought, you hypocrite! You are such a scoundrel! Uh, so praying for your team, I prayed for many members of my team, all of them, you know, just generally, and then a number of them specifically. But for the church as well, um, because we are talking about the church, uh, praying for them, asking God you know, for specific needs, and then looking for opportunities to serve them that go beyond just leading them in songs, uh, whether that be uh, getting a meal with people, bringing a meal to people, uh, hanging out with them, taking an interest in their lives. Just, just all those things help us to realize, wow, we're just not leading a group. We're not just leading a conference. Mm-hmm. We are leading people that by God's grace, we are being built into a, a, a living temple. We're living stones being built into a holy temple. Um, forget the reference in First, Peri- uh, First Peter 2. 
The cleaning started belching to a holy... Oh, gosh, I can't remember. But anyway, that's what we're being built into, a place where God dwells by His Spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and we want to uh, be joined together with them uh, practically, specifically. I'm sorry, i got to look this up because... A spiritual house, goodness gracious. Um, we're being built into a spiritual house uh, for the glory of Jesus. And mm. we can't do that if all we're doing is leading them in songs on Sunday. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think that, you know, if you get it, that's an obvious thing. But I think I'm not sure when it crossed my mind that I wasn't there just to be a song leader. And I know you've done a lot of work in the whole area of pastoral leadership and and. Mm pastoring your people through congregational mm. singing. And, and so I know this resonates with you. And I think that may be a really helpful thing for many people who are listening to today. I'm, I'm not just there to be a musician. I'm there to uh, love that's and a great care for these point, people. Judy. Yeah. And, yeah. and isn't Even it, a, if you, I was just going to say, uh, isn't, it, isn't it a great temptation, Bob, that, um, that we often can just see people as a means Yes. And, and we forget we're not, we don't see their face we don't know their life we're not invested we're not we're not loving them like Christ loves us we're they're a means we we need them to help us fulfill our ministry um, and and absolutely and worsely put more um, uh, yeah put in a way that reflects more poorly on us we use them as a means to make us look good mm -hmm. Ouch. And, and so, you know, as, as long as they're encouraging, as long as I can get them to respond, I've got job security, I've got right. all the, you know, uh, self-exaltation feel goods. And, and that is not why we stand in front of people right. leading them and singing every week. How mm. contradictory to our, our purpose for being there. Our purpose mm. is to say to everyone, hey, look at Jesus. Look at how great he is. Look at how great he is. The lamb who was slain, risen from the dead. Look how merciful and kind and great and glorious he is. And we're mm. using that as an opportunity to make us look good. And yeah, hanging out with people, loving them, praying for them, getting to know their pains, their needs, their sorrows, their joys, their successes, their, their struggles. Boy, that just, it just puts us in the place where we can recognize this is the church. Mm. And I'm just a part of it. Well, when we remember and realize like what it's all about, what we're trying to accomplish when we gather together, when we're here to glorify Jesus and edify and encourage one another, these are the sorts of things that you start to take more seriously. Like, oh, okay, I'm linking arms with people each yeah. week yeah. and we're trying to do this work together of being this holy people, being this spiritual house. Mm. And uh, that's serious. Yeah. There's serious work in there. So you start to take discipleship seriously. You start, yes, to, you start yes. to be concerned about how much, how much your people are reading the word. Like how much are yes, they praying? Are they really cool. engaged? You start to care about those things when the vision becomes more and more clear. And maybe for a lot of people, maybe the vi they've just lost the vision. It's just mm -hmm. grunt work, three songs, pick three songs, mm -hmm. four songs, mm -hmm. get it done each week. Mm -hmm. And we just want to encourage you like, hey, Lift up your eyes again. Get a big picture of what we're doing here. I think of Colossians 3 where Paul's like, worship in this context is about one, it's, it's, it's one anothering too. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, mm. teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So there's this like, hey, we're here to worship Christ, exalt Christ, but we're doing this together. <laughs> and, and it's... And the 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Uh, and the interesting thing is the next verse, he takes it to life. And whatever you do, in word or yeah. deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So yeah. for Paul, that was like an automatic connection. If we're teaching and admonishing one another as we sing, well, certainly we're going to be wanting to do everything in the yeah. name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that's that's just a great point. They're they're connected, and they and you don't have to be a pastor to do this. Hmm. Right. You're you're a member of the church. You're in front of people, and it can become your concern to see them not just sing songs that that glorify the Lord, but to live lives that glorify the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we had a conversation. So on this topic, we had a conversation, episode 18 of season one or 19 on how do we bring on new band members into the team? And we kind of talked a lot about these qualifications. You want to see these people who love the Lord, who engage in the life of the church and all these things. And we talked about how to say no to people who wanted to join and, um, (laughs) you know, maybe like love your heart, not there yet. Keep working at it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but one thing we didn't touch on that I often get asked a lot, so I'm assuming you do, Bob, is how do you outboard, hmm. uh, you know, if that's a word, a worship team member? Yeah. How do you ask somebody off the team? Perhaps it's somebody whose heart and their spirit just don't match the humility kind of required anymore. Hmm. Or it's somebody who's drifted into a lack of preparedness and who, who no longer is qualified after a lot of encouragements. Like, how do we think about how do you ask somebody off the team? What are some principles about having like a tough conversation like that? Uh, Oh boy. I I hesitate to answer There's so many, you know, individual specifics that would go into that conversation. So I'll, I'll suggest some scenarios and speak to those. So if it's someone, you mentioned a few, you know, if it's someone who is just uh, uh, negligent, not diligent, not, you know, that they just keep making mistakes. um, I I would always, I try to always begin with asking questions. So not just make it a standard that you're not meeting the standard. You're always late. Uh, you know, you don't know the songs. I don't know what's going on in that person's life. I may, I may not. And so I just want to ask questions. So in the process of getting to that discussion, I just want to make sure I'm coming into the discussion with a full understanding of the situation. Uh, it could be, you know, morality. You hear something about, you know, someone on the team. It could be uh, something more, uh, more related to the actual performance of your duties, which is, you know, a a vocalist who you've inherited, who is just always off pitch, always off key, uh, or always singing harmony, and you've asked them not to sing harmony, but they they can't do anything but sing harmony. Um, So before I have that conversation, I want to have a conversation with the Lord and myself. Um, just about, okay, is this a situation where I use them less after a conversation? Is this a situation where I say, you're done for a while? Or is this a situation where I say, you're done? You know, and that last one would be pretty rare, I think. Um, I'd like it to be more one of the first ones. You know, I'm slow to move people off the team. 
I'm really slow to get him on the team. Um, and if there's a good reason for me off, I'm quick. You know, a woman has a, a baby and, you know, she's raising an infant and you take as much time as you want. Motherhood takes priority. Um, so those kinds of things. But let's go back to someone. They're just not cutting it. They, you've worked with them. You've told them to practice and uh, they're just not they're just not responding. I would say, look, our goal in, in leading is to accompany the congregation. We want to serve the congregation, and we want to do that without distraction. Uh, that's the minimum standard, to be up here, to do what we do without bringing a distraction. Now, we, can, we want more than that. In other words, we want to be an example of natural engagement and responsiveness, and we want our lives to reflect that as well. But the minimum is not be a distraction. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about this for a number of months, and um, I, you know, I love your heart to serve, but that heart has got to be connected to, like a a real, a reality. <laughs> you know, yeah, the reality is you're able to serve without it being a distraction. We've been after this for three six months, and yeah, you know, I haven't seen a change. So what I'm going to do is I'm gonna I'm not going to schedule for a while and I just want you to just ask the Lord maybe ask some others is this what you're supposed to be doing because if it is I think you can do it you know leave them with grace and faith not condemnation and discarding you know a sense of just being mm. discarded the Lord's at work he moves people around it's not the end of their life you know um, but just say when you feel you're ready let me know. We can try again. But I want to. I want to take at least a, a you know a six month break where you're just thinking about it and maybe get involved in other ministries. Uh, you know, use other gifts that God's given you. But uh, I just I just want to give you time to do that. If someone is is a moral issue, then I'm probably much clearer uh, in terms of uh, yeah. you know you're angry or you're you mentioned pride. Okay, someone who's on the team who just seems to sow discord either through gossip or through direct defiance. Um, mm. I mean, I, I try to run what I call a, a benevolent dictatorship on the team. It's uh, anybody can offer ideas, and I welcome ideas, and I, I don't have all the good ideas, but I have to be the one who decides what ideas we go with. Mm. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's how it works. And it's not like we're not a democracy. Hey, four of us think we should do this, and... You know, I just I just have to make decisions. I'm responsible, so that's how it works. Um, but if someone is, you know, offering ideas from the perspective with the attitude of, well, if you don't take my idea, you're a moron, um, and they do that like regularly, you can just get this sense that, well, we should do this. And I've worked with a couple people like this. I go to them and talk to them, and generally, Rob, I I find that when people hear it from someone who loves them and someone who cares about them but it's very clear look what you're doing the way you're acting is a is not only like affecting me i'm tempted by it and i'll acknowledge that i'm tempted by it. but it's affecting the team and our unity is really important uh it's important to the lord you know um how good and pleasant and when brothers dwell in pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity hmm. we want to dwell in unity and I, I don't sense that when you're coming back at me with these comments, 
that uh, it's, it's helping the team. So we've talked about that. So that's the first thing I do. And often the person responds and I've had that conversation so I can say, you know, you did it again. If they do it again, I say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. Um, if they don't change, I'd probably have the same conversation that I have with the other person of, except it'd be in, in the language of, you know, there's something going on where you feel like you have to prove yourself or feel like you should be in charge. Uh, you, you know, I don't know. I, I don't seem to be helping you right now. So I just would love to see the Lord do that work in your life. Leave him with grace and faith. Do that work mm -hmm. in your life. I believe he can. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe maybe you could read Humility by C.J. Mahaney, my pastor, um, which is a great book. Maybe you could read, uh, you know, Philippians 2. Just meditate on that. Do not consider consider others not look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others hmm. um and have this attitude in you and just, just and then let's get together in a month or so and and talk about what's going on hmm. so i just i just want to help them think god can work in this and but it's come to the place where we can't have you anymore hmm. Hmm. yeah like what i'm hearing behind that is just a concern for the individual's growth as a Christ follower and maturing more than, well, I'm not getting the music I want oh, absolutely. from you. You know, what, you, what you're saying is, well, no, what grieves me more is not the music. It doesn't sound the way I want it. What grieves me more is what I'm seeing in the person that I th seems to be getting in the way of them <laughs> maturing in Christ, right? And, and they I might just, be a great musician. Yeah. But just arrogant. Yep. And that's a that's a different different uh hmm. animal altogether and there is the person who's just not gifted enough the great attitude they're just they're just not cutting it and i'd say to them you know what i think there might be another ministry you should be serving in because we've got other people who are who are godly like you are but they're just able to do it better um so i could have that conversation as well but same principles but yeah that's still for their good. Like that is ultimately still a very pastoral thing to go. I think you're in the wrong space. Yeah. I think the Lord has gifted you. Not sure if it's here. Let's find. Because yeah. and that's all. It is very pastoral for their good. So yeah, that's yeah. that's key. That's and Bob, I think you mentioned this. Um, I think you said you know ask them the question even at the the beginning. What's going on in your life? I had a conversation with someone who was a little bit distant from me not distant uh, emotionally a relationship, but just wasn't returning calls. And I found out that his mom was really sick. Oh. And it's like, okay, that's why you've been, you know, AWOL for a week because your mom is in the hospital. And mm -hmm. sometimes just even those, tell me what's going on in your life. Because yes. even before you get into yeah. the issue, you go, oh my goodness, you know, something colossally bad has been happening to you and, and this is manifesting and let's support you. And that's a whole different conversation at that point. Uh, oh, so yeah. much. And one thing we haven't touched on is I try to keep a lightheartedness about things True. so that we can enter into these conversations. It doesn't feel like, you know, mm. here That's it good. comes. So yeah. if someone's yeah. like consistently late, <laughs> I I'll joke about it. So your watch working okay? Is that all right? <laughs> you, you know, and rather than not say anything and then kind of be a heavy uh, we're fallen. We, we live in a real world. We have real lives. We struggle with things all the time. And Jody, I think your point is exactly right. That there are lots of times things are going on in people's lives that, that affect what they do with the band, uh, but it's not their first problem. Hmm. Their first problem might be marriage issues at home. It might be parenting mm -hmm. issues. It might be parental issues. 
you know, it might be relationship with God issues. And I'm more concerned about that than the fact that they're not functioning at the level they should on the team. Yeah, I was also thinking, Bob, just about like the church planter. Um, that's that's me again. I'm, we planted a mm. church, me and, and my lead pastor in January and the temptation to, you know, just be desperate for musicians um, and, and, and think, thinking about, uh, I, I remember conversations with you in the past where you've said it's, a, it's really easy to put someone on the team, yeah. um, but it's very difficult to take mm. them off the team yeah. later. Yeah. And that need to, to be intentional at the, at the outset from the beginning to, to say things like, I want to care for your soul more than I want, than I want to use your gift. Um, yes. And uh, you know what are the process to, to making sure that that we're we're putting people on the team and and then maybe by God's grace it will be uh, there'll be less uh, need down the road to, to have to have that hard conversation and say hey I, I I wasn't really thinking through what I should have been or whatever and and now I regret that we put you on here because um, it's evident that probably you shouldn't have been serving on the team mm. right now or yes. whatever. Yeah. Yes, and I think too often we don't ask enough questions up front. Right. We just say, you know, we find someone who's really gifted, and we go, oh gosh, they're going to be so great. What's a great drummer? We've been praying for a drummer. You're it. But <laughs> but they they're not a very humble drummer, and right. then you got big problems. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bob, uh, it could be easy for someone as gifted as you uh, to feel like. Uh, first, that you don't need anyone else's input regarding uh, your worship leading. Uh, after all, you've been doing this for a very, very long time. Um, you don't need uh, input about your musical abilities. And yet, what I've always observed in you is, is one, um, and this is uh, under the topic of the, the, the senior pastor or the lead pastor. One, I've observed in you that you, you always have a deep respect for your senior pastor. Mm. And number two, you always seek out input uh, as to how you could do things better. Um, and you, you talked a little bit about that not too long <laughs> ago here. Um, so often there's this issue between the worship leader, the senior pastor, uh, because the worship leader can think that the senior pastor is not musical and therefore mm. he has no ability to give input or offer the scene, uh, offer input. Uh, and the senior pastor can think I'm not musical. I've, I've yeah. worked with those and I don't really have any input for you. You just kind of do your job and I like what you do. And. Um, so what would you say to the worship leader and the senior pastor who may be thinking along those lines? Well, as with most things, it begins with, like, what's your theology? Uh, it's not just a practical question. Um, the, the music we sing is a word ministry. Mm. The most important thing about what we do when we're singing is the words we're singing that's why paul says and you know let the word of christ dwell in you richly it's not it's not the music of christ it's it's not the experiences of christ it's the word of christ it's the gospel let that dwell in you richly understand its implications understand its effect understand you know god's heart in it understand uh, the implications for your life all those things so if that's true that means that someone who doesn't know a stitch about music can speak to it yeah. and what they can say is you know 
that song you led last Sunday, it it really doesn't help us know God better. It it's kind of shallow and where that one line is just really vague and could even be misleading. So let's let's rather than me finding out like the next Sunday or the, the follow you know the days after the Sunday what was going on why don't you get me that in advance but your question is more to the pastor who uh, isn't that involved hmm. so I would I would as a musician I would say appeal and say I see this as a word ministry I am just supporting the proclamation of the word. Whether that's read, preached, meditated on, uh, spoken, exhorted, uh, I I want this to be in line with the word that you are proclaiming and the word you want in the church. So, I would love it if I could get some kind of input from you when you know I'm thinking of the songs, and the pastor might say, "Well, no, I don't see it that way," and then that's a different issue. You know, if if you're serving with a pastor who does not want to work alongside you to to you know see how the songs can be part of the word, ministry of the word, that just leads to deeper questions. You know, is this the right church? Is this the place where you should be? Um, because that pastor is really responsible for what's getting sung. Mm-hmm. You know. Hebrews 13 talks about the, the leaders who are going to have to give an account mm. for those they watch over. First Thessalonians 5 talks about you know, the pastors who's, who work among you, labor among you, and who, who oversee you in the Lord. And that meeting, that gathering is a part of that. And so it's not just, hey, we can sing whatever we want, then I'll get up and preach the word. No, it, the whole thing's there. So there may be an article, there may be a, a podcast, a blog, or something that the, the music leader might take to the pastor and say, hey, could, could we talk about this? I'm, I'm just feeling more need to, to support you and to, to be in sync with you and to do this together. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, a, a humble pastor is going to say, okay, let's try it. Wow. You know, I've, had, I've worked with different kinds of pastors. One just had me, uh, you know, send him the song Sunday morning, and that was fine. Um, I wish, I mean, I've grown since then. I wish I had been more desirous of input. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wish I had been more intentional and uh, aggressive in pursuing, you know, feedback on it. Now I send the songs out to our seven elders, six other elders besides me, uh, kind of Wednesday afternoon, and I just say, "Hey, here's what we're thinking of doing." I always call it the tentative plan for Sunday, whatever, because I expect changes. If you have any thoughts, changes, or questions, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, you know, four out of five times will be fine, but then there'll be that time when someone says, this song or this scripture, I'm not sure, you know, which is just really, really helpful. And you're right, after 45 years of leading, I still feel the need to have other people watch what I do and give me input and, you know, just, is this effective? I don't know, I think it is. You know, but let me know if it's not, that'd be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just go after your pastor. Ask for his help and say you really want this. You see yourself as a team, and uh, it would be great to to work more together. And what what would you say to the senior pastor who just feels like it's not his department? Well, that's kind of where I started. Yeah, it, it, it should be. He's got to realize that 
you are accountable to God for the flock that he has given you. Mm. That's a responsibility. You're going to give an, account, give an account to the Lord. Everything that goes on in the gathering is under your domain. Mm. So that's the, the spiritual gifts. That's the, the music. That's the preaching. And so you're responsible for it. So it's not just a music thing. It's a word thing. Mm. Prayers are a word thing announcements are a word thing you know the offering is a word thing whatever whatever aspects of the, the call to worship if you have that it's, it's a word thing and so it would be the wisest thing for you to be aware of what's going on you don't have to plan it all hmm. but if you care about your the souls of the people you're leading don't you want to know what they're going to get fed hmm. that's good so the wisest thing would be to be aware of it beforehand and far enough in advance so that you could make changes if you thought there should be. And I love guys like, I mean, I know guys like Mark Dever, he's a pastor in Washington, D.C., uh, others who are, who are very intentional about what's happening in their meeting. I think every pastor should, should be caring about what's happening in their meeting. And I know that their response is, well, I don't have time, I don't have time. God will give you the time you need. To care for the flock he's given you. That's good. That's good. Bob, one of the things I love about, you just mentioned about 45 years of leading. Uh, it's a blessing that you've written this book because, you know, the things that God's taught you, I think in the early chapters, you talk about those, those difficulties, the lessons you had to learn. And you've poured your heart and your life into this book and the things that God's taught you and that you are stewarding for others. So we so appreciate that. Yeah. And 13 years ago, maybe uh, you've thought of some revisions or uh, maybe you're working on a project. Um, you can tell us what you're working on. But my final question as we close today is that if you were to write another chapter, uh, you know, an addendum, an appendix to this book, what, what would be on your heart that you'd want to say that's maybe not in there, that's something God's putting freshly on your heart that you'd want to tell people? Wow. Uh, actually, I'm, I have... Uh, going to be working on a second edition um, that uh, talked about with Crossway and they, their their game. As soon as mm. I submit a proposal, um, I think the thing that has come to mind most often is liturgy. Huh. Uh, I have a chapter on planning meetings, um, and I share, I think, ten principles. I think my convictions about that have strengthened a little bit. Uh, mm. over the years in terms of how to think about it. And for a lot of people, Jody, I think it's become this in thing, you know, the liturgy, um, which I would want to say more about liturgy doesn't save us. Mm. Jesus does. You know, a, a good liturgy, it, it, people should never go away talking about a good liturgy. Huh. They should be talking about God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, the Gospel, how glorious He is, how, you know, uh, our, our love for Him, His love for us, yeah, His commands, just something, liturgy is meant to be something that, that points again, just like our leadership. And uh, I think I referenced that, I haven't read it in a long time, but uh, I, I remember saying stuff like, well, God hasn't given us any specific order in, uh, in Scripture for liturgy so these are some things to keep in mind um he hasn't given a specific order but he has given us signposts i think 
to what our gathering should be. And uh, I actually want to work on, I'm working, haven't started work on it yet, but want to write another book with my son, Devin, on the five, on five values of corporate worship that would, that would inform our liturgies and our practices and our methodologies. God initiated and exalting, scripture governed and fueled, gospel centered and driven, spirit enabled and empowered, church aware and prioritized. That and those are all scriptural values that should shape what we do, that should shape not just the, the practices, but the heart with which we do them. Hmm. So that you should be able to go to somebody's Sunday gathering, come away thinking, yeah, they they valued scriptures. Yeah, they that was fueled by the gospel. Yeah, the Spirit, they are really dependent on the Spirit, and the Spirit's there. Yeah, they're really aware of the church, and, and both past, present, and future. And it was all done at God's initiative and enabling and for His glory. Hmm. Um, so I'd want to say all that kind of stuff and, and encourage people to be more uh, particular about what they do in their gatherings. Because mm -hmm. gatherings are transformative. They, they shape us. The, as James K. A. Smith has written about so well, and uh, you are what you love, um, just just nails it and says, yeah, we, the things we do week after week after week after week, they they both express what we love and they shape what we love. And so are our gatherings doing that? Um, and then I'd probably try and make Jesus look more glorious because I think I, I think I love him more than I did 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's good. Amen. Amen. Bob, it's been a pleasure to have you with us uh, this episode mm -hmm. and when we had a chance to chat with joy. you before. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to be here with us. And, Thanks, uh, Bob. Guys, so appreciate you. Uh, thank you for you guys and all the work you're doing. Rob, I don't know you as well, but Jody and I uh, do, and Pat, I've known you for 25 years. So it's just a privilege to just talk and hang out and talk about how good Jesus is to us. Amen. Amen. As we close, I'm going to ask um, if uh, Pat, if you would just uh, pray, pray blessings on protection and encouragement mm -hmm. for our brother, mm -hmm. for all the work that God has entrusted to him. If that was uh, all right, if we close that way. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Thanks. Yeah, Father, thank you for uh, this time that we've had together. And uh, I thank you for, for Bob, my friend. Um, Lord, just to observe his life for these many years and to watch the uh, as we talked about the, the, the longing of one day standing before you and mm. hearing you say, well done, a good and faithful servant. Um, mm. Lord, that's, that's something that stands out about Bob Coughlin and his mm. ministry is, is just the faithfulness to, um, to be before you, Jesus, and to uh, delight in you and to love you and to encourage others to do the same and so mm. lord would you continue to bless bob would you continue to bless sovereign grace and um in the the songs that are being written in the the continued books that are being written through bob through through the the podcast the new podcast podcast father i pray that you continue to to bless him richly thank you for uh, just what he's what he brings to the table as someone who is has been on the journey uh, uh, for a long time and has experienced the brokenness and the effects of 
of sin and the struggle that's all around us and yet has remained steadfast. And Father, we just thank you for men like this and we ask that you would, uh, Jesus, that you would continue to, to make yourself real and glorious mm -hmm. in his life. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, Father, bless him, I pray. And, and we give you thanks for this time together. Mm -hmm. And we, we love you, Jesus. Help us to love you more. Help mm -hmm. us to, to gaze upon your great love for us. Mm -hmm. And may that overwhelm us. May that be the fuel that ignites our hearts mm -hmm. to fear your name and to love your name and to mm -hmm. worship your name. Mm -hmm. And so we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And brothers, thank you so much, TGC Canada. Thank you. And everybody who was uh, with us today, we sure appreciate you being with us. Hope to see you again next time. Uh, God bless you. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.